This is Jedrick Willis, left tackle for the Cleveland Browns, and you're listening to the Browns Huddle Podcast. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Brown Subtle Podcast, part of the Zedia Network. That is media spelled with a Z. I am your host, Jason Hand, and joining me today is a friend of mine from Brown's Twitter, Brian Stuckey. You can find him on Twitter at liverdamage underscore Clee. That's at L-I-V-R-D-A-M-A-G-E underscore Clee. Welcome to the Brown Subtle Podcast, Brian. Oh, thanks for having me. Really looking forward to it and meeting another uh, awesome fan from the great Cleveland Browns fan base and uh, really excited to talk about where uh, where we've been and where we're going. Uh, thanks for having me tonight. Absolutely, Brian. I, I was excited to have you on the show. One of the reasons why I started a podcast was um, obviously I'm a Browns fan and I saw this as a way just like Twitter to be able to connect with Browns fans. So I've, I've interviewed um, media guests, and I'm about to interview players and former players, but these are the kind of podcasts that I really get excited about because it's just two dudes talking football, Browns football, so it can't get any better than that. Yeah, I love it. Uh, lifelong Browns fan on my side of the world. Uh, I'm from New York, but travel to Ohio as much as I can uh, for home games and all over the country to see new stadiums. So uh, I was kind of born into this. So lo- meeting new fans with the passion uh, behind them that, that most of the people that bark and the dog pound have. I just I love it, man. So excited to be here. So you were born into being a Browns fan, a lot like myself. I'm I'm not from Cleveland. My dad grew up a Browns fan. So that's the only choice I had when I was a, a, a young lad. <laughs> well, it, when I picked my football team, it, it just became the Browns. So uh, let me ask you this, Brian, who was the Browns quarterback when you became a, a Browns fan? So I was born into it. So in my day, you know, when I was, you know, my dad was a big fan. And when I was a young guy, you know, Brian Sype was, was taking the reins. Um, but, you know, I've kind of watched my entire life. And, you know, I would say I've gone through, what are we at, 30 starting quarterbacks now. I'm a relatively young guy. Uh, I'm 33 now and really kind of the height of my fandom uh, has since we've been back in the league. You know, we left for a while and I was a teenager at that point. Uh, And I've seen the multitude of guys come through, but uh, I'm not embarrassed to admit I have I have a Tim Couch jersey somewhere in the closet laying around, Um, you know, kind of he was he was the hero and the guy that brought Cleveland back for uh, one year, whatever it was. But, you know, kind of I've gone through 30 of them now. So uh, I got to look back and, and Cleveland Browns history for my favorite guys but uh autogram you know it's kind of the signed football that stays on my mantle but um you know looking forward to seeing if baker can fill those shoes kind of excited to see where he takes us but i've been through a little too many for comfort (laughs) we've definitely had a lot of uh browns qbs in the past 20 years and um so yeah all right this episode what we're gonna do brian is we're you know we're we're entering into the bye week usually i do a a recap of the previous game and then a um a preview for the next game but we're on a bye week right now which is a a good thing i think so what we're going to do today is we're going to preview i'm sorry recap we're going to recap the browns versus raiders game 
this past Sunday. And then we're going to do a a mid-season review. Uh, We're going to talk about where the Browns are at currently, how we got there, and and what we're looking for for the rest of the season. And we're even going to talk about playoffs. You know, uh, Jim Mora, the famous coach of the Colts, his famous quote was, playoffs, playoffs. That's what we're going to talk about today is, is, is a little bit of Browns playoffs because that's always fun to talk about and a rarity as a Browns fan. So let's go ahead and start by talking about this past Sunday, the Browns versus Raven, uh, Ravens, the Browns versus Raiders review. It was a, a game that I don't remember seeing a game like this in a long time. The, the weather was bad. The defense couldn't get off the field. The, the Browns only had, I, I believe it was six possessions the whole entire game. I personally don't remember seeing a game like that. But what were your initial thoughts as the game finished and the Browns um, lost? It was just a poor performance in my opinion. But what were your thoughts about that game? Yeah, you know, going into the game, we knew the weather was going to be pretty frightful. Um, you know, it, it's Ohio. It's this time of year. We thought that was going to be an advantage, honestly. Uh, I really expected Hunt to have a, a monster game. Uh, I thought we'd really pound the ball. But um, defensively, like you said, we just could not get off the field. And we couldn't stop the run. That was also surprising. I think we've been pretty good against the run all year. Um, but we just we simply couldn't get it done. And, you know, we've really seen the, the weakness of our linebackers core and and you know particularly strong safety it's just it's at week in and week out we just we cannot you know get the assured uh we can't we can't sure up the middle of that field so um it was disappointing time of possession was was gross if you look at the stats um and i really thought we had the advantage with that kind of weather uh, this is the this is the kind of football weather that we should be accustomed to you know on, on lake erie but uh we just we couldn't get it done so defensively it was it was pretty uh pretty poor performance honestly and one of our worst so um yeah you know it was definitely disappointing yeah i mean you know starting the game the the raiders uh drove down the field and their kicker carlson Kick that field. It wasn't a very long field goal, I don't think, but it started to the right and hooked hard to the left. And, you know, as a Browns fan, you just thought, okay, here we go. This is going to be one of those games where, you know, either you're going to score a touchdown, but if you're going to kick a field goal, you better get it close because it's going to be a challenging day. That's how it started by them missing the field goal. But this game ended 16 to 6. We were tied. Six to six going into the fourth quarter. So the game was really never out of reach until the fourth quarter. The wheels just came off. We had some bad calls, but uh, yeah, it was just an ugly game on Sunday. Yeah, it was. And that first kick, uh, it, just the hook that that ball took was <laughs> kind of incredible. I, I remember watching that and just blown away it, it, how, how much of an angle that thing took. And my first thought watching that game was, uh, my God, like, could we call Phil Dawson right now to come back and just play one game with us that's experienced this kind of harshness, you know? Uh, I, th- I thought for sure it'd be a game of uh, field goals, but just didn't work out that way for us. But yeah, that's, you know, that's Northeast Ohio and that's that's kind of weather we deal with so you know we we should have been the better team in that weather and we just we weren't yeah i i don't want to spend a lot of time on this uh browns versus raider i just the game was disappointing there's no question about that 
you can't pin it on Baker. I mean, if you look at Baker's stats, he was 12 of 25, not great for 122 yards, zero INTs. But the, the story with Baker throwing the ball was the drop passes. That's, that's what I was looking at. Now, I don't know if the ball was coming out weird because the wind, but, you know, we, we have some pretty reliable receivers usually. You know, Landry had his drops. He was targeted. Landry was targeted 11 times and only had four receptions for, for uh, 52 yards. It, it, it wasn't a good day for our receivers. Yeah, or tight ends, right? I think Njoku had a couple really ugly drops as well with yeah. the passes that were thrown right in the numbers. So it was, you know, definitely uh, I can't give it all uh, to the quarterback on this one. I know they take the rap most of the time, but Njoku, you know, his, his hands have gotten better lately, and we didn't see that. And, you know, it was slick out. It was sleet. It was rain. It was a little bit of everything. So, um, you know, I guess you can understand uh, to some point. But, um, you know, Jarvis as well, he had a couple that hit him right the hands and went right through which is you know uncharacteristic of him as well so disappointing day on the receiving end for sure it was that for sure and you're right and joku had a a, a bad miss catch um, that would have completed for a first down landry had um misses you know that normally he's money when when baker gets it to him he's money but he just wasn't on sunday here's a stat that i i i said last week that i was going to look at for this week and that's the time of possession we knew we know that gruden's game is he wants to win that time of possession and the raiders had the ball for almost 38 minutes whereas the browns only held the ball for 22 minutes you can't build up any type of rhythm or anything on offense uh, when you have the ball for only 22 minutes. And as I said, I believe we only had six possessions the whole game. I heard somewhere that's a franchise record that's never happened before. So um, what are your thoughts? Okay, so time of possession. Raiders had the ball for 38 minutes. We just could not get off the field uh, on Sunday. What What do you think is happening? We're normally, as you had mentioned, we're good at stopping the run. We just weren't this past Sunday. I mean, the Raiders – rush for 208 yards on Sunday versus our 101 yards. So what, what do you think is the issue there? Yeah, and not to put any kind of player down, but Jacobs is not an elite running back in the NFL, right? He's a good running back. He's middle of the road, but he, he definitely made us look bad. Um, but just it was the lack of pressure on the quarterback. It, when It seems like when Miles is off the field, which he's been dealing with that, with that injury, he's nursing right now there's there's no pressure to be found Olivier you know he did he did have some sacks in this game which is which is great um but it just felt like Carr had all day in that pocket to do what he needed to do he could easily dump it off and our linebackers were nowhere to be found to save the running game um it, it just felt like they're unenthusiastic unathletic and they just couldn't get there fast enough and uh, even I remember a uh third and 17, uh, you know, it's kind of third and 17 should be a gimme, get off the field. Uh, and um, we just, we couldn't stop a simple screen pass. So it just seems to be the linebacking core, um, Mac Wilson in particular, which is a guy that I was really looking forward to this year has been just absolutely awful. Um, and I, I don't know what to attribute that to, but it just seemed we, we could not stop anything in the middle of that field. We couldn't, and what we're going to get into the defense and probably when we talk about the midseason review. Um, some Browns fans, uh, you know, complained about the officiating. Um, I, I'm not pinning this game on the officiating. I mean, obviously, you want calls to go your way. 
there, you know, there was talk about, you know, the Jarvis Landry touchdown. I honestly, I thought it was a touchdown, but you know, when they skip to the commercial break, you know, I'm, I'm getting my tweet ready, you know, touchdown Browns, Jarvis Landry, let's go. And uh, I had to delete that tweet, unfortunately. Um, and then you had uh, Renfro's touchdown that was very similar to Jarvis. And, that, you know, they give him that catch. So catch, no catch. I mean, what are your thoughts, man, with the officiating? Then you had the missed face mask on Hunt. We had a face mask call they called. And then Hunt, you know, clear face mask call when he's running down the field. And he gets no call on that. Yeah, the, that no call I thought was a little obvious. Um, yeah, because that's something that's called very clearly day in and day out in the NFL right now. That's something you rarely get away from when the, when you see somebody's neck literally snap back as they're running. So that's not something you get away with often. So a little disappointing there. The Jarvis touchdown I thought was a touchdown as well. I'm not saying that because I started him in fantasy this week either. I promise you that. It looked like a touchdown to me. Um, but, you know, it, it – Kind of goes both ways. They're, you know, they had one there, the little uh, toe touch in the, the corner of that end zone that looked like a touchdown to me as a Browns fan. I thought I saw a little bit of white on the sneaker there, but, um, you know, officiating <laughs> is what it is, and you really can't blame a game on that. It's, you know, when the time of possession is, is so vastly different, one or two bad calls against you, you really can't throw against the Zebras in this one. So I, this is on us wholly, and we have to learn from it. It, it, that's why I'm, I'm not pinning this on the on the officiating. I mean, obviously, you know, in the NFL, you get some calls, you don't get some calls. I mean, you know, in our history, we've been screwed out of some ball games by officiating, right? But but this game here, no I, I attribute this 100%. You know, on our defense, we just could not get off. We couldn't stop them. You know, and, and that's the frustrating part about it was. Everybody knew that we that they were running the football. We knew it. They, they weren't going to pass the football, you know, with the wind and, you know, how, how uh, strong that wind was. They were going to run the football. We knew it, and we still couldn't stop them. That's probably the most frustrating part to me, you know, because that trickle that has a trickle-down effect. It, it, it keeps our offense off the field. We can't get in any sort of rhythm, and the game just got out of control in that, in that regard. Yeah, no doubt. And there's a big, there's a big kind of controversy right now, whether it's, you know, do we just simply not have the horses to win the race on defense right now? Or is it our coordinator Woods, right? I guess if I could turn the mic around and ask you a question quickly, do you think, you know, is, is it a defensive coordinator issue right now? Or do you think we just don't have the athletes on the field to get it done? I, you know, we, we only have a small snapshot of Joe Woods, right? Um, you know, we're halfway through the, the first season he's been here, which is which is eight games. Um, we're, we're five and three. Um, you know, obviously the glaring weakness of our team is the defense. But, I, you know, I don't know that – I don't think I can blame this on Woods, no. You know, I, I really don't. I, I want to see Woods here – for another year. And we're going to get into this on the midseason review as to what the Browns are going to do next year, which is obviously add key pieces to the defense. But we've been riddled with injuries on, on this defense. You know, Andrew Sandejo, he was never meant to be um, a safety, a starting safety on this team. But he's, he had, I think he had the most snaps of any Browns player on defense this past Sunday. <laughs> so, 
I think that I, I don't I just don't think that you know Joe Woods has the weapons. I mean, you need some weapons on defense to be effective, and I just don't think that he has that this year. I mean, um, we're going to talk about injuries in a minute. It's it's a lot, and a lot of them are on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think a lot of uh, people are talking about the Delphit injury and, you know, we don't know what could have been, but in my mind, that was one of the biggest difference makers and why we're a five and three team, which by the way, I'm, I'm super psyched to be a five and three Cleveland Browns franchise right now. That's, that's incredible. If any of us played the game and looked at our schedule, you know, before we started this season, five and three would have been optimistic. So I think we're doing very, very well. Uh, but there's a couple of games that that got away from us that could have made us that a six and two team going into the bye week with a you know a little bit more comfortable spot looking at that wild card appearance or whatever it may be you know as we get to the end of it um but that Dalpert injury I think for sure I think it, it hurt us more than we understand and it's forced some people to to step up in the plate they just simply you know not not ready not able I don't know which is the case but uh definitely the injuries you know they're hurting us right now for sure all right, let's um let's get away from the Browns and Raiders game and let's let's get into the midseason review. Uh, you know, you kind of led us into that, and I think this is a good spot to get into it. Um you had mentioned earlier that the, the bye week is is at a perfect time, and I 100 percent agree with you. Um, you know, from an injuries aspect, you know, we have Wyatt Teller, who's week to week. Does an extra week bring him closer to starting against the Texans, I would say yes. Uh, Nick Chubb, you know, I don't think he was slated to come back against the Texans. You know, I think maybe it was closer to the Philly or Jags game, but now we have a bye week, so maybe it's possibility he could come back after the bye week. Miles Garrett was injured this past game with a knee. Thank God the the MRI, you know, showed negative um, results of, damage to his knee so this this bye week is is good for him as well you know to get that extra week of of rest we're at five and three right now you'd mentioned um if we were to do preseason predictions you know the the win-loss schedule five and three would have been optimistic at that at this point um i actually did a, a game prediction for wins and losses and at this point i had us at four and four so man five and three that's that's pretty darn good you know what what are your what are your thoughts um you know as we're entering into halfway through the 2020 season what are your thoughts of where we're at right now as a football team at five and three i'm ecstatic to be five and three right there was a time in our recent history where we went three seasons with four wins right so it's a pretty exciting thing to be a, a five and three football team right now with a first year head coach um so where we are versus where we've been outstanding uh so i got i have nothing but respect for stefanski and, and belief in what he's trying to build here um playing the schedule game before the season started i had us at four and four as well um i didn't have us losing to oakland but did I have us winning uh, uh, against Dallas and the Colts? I did not, not at all. Um, so we, we've really pulled some out and we've showed what we can do when our offense is electric and when our defense can, can generate those turnovers. Um, 
And then we've showed what we can do when um, our quarterback is not able to get the ball out, when he's not able to, uh, to really go, go through his progressions. Um, and we've shown, you know, really what our defense is, is capable of as far as our limitations with injuries. So um, where we are, I'm very excited to be. We're still in a playoff conversation, which as a Browns fan uh, that's not been in that conversation in, in modern history, that's, that's amazing. So the progress in one year, I, I love it. I love what we're building and I have nothing but uh, optimism going forward. All right, so our losses this year so far, we lose to the Ravens in a blowout loss week one. We lose to the Steelers, blowout loss. And we just lost to the Raiders this past week. Those are our losses. And I actually had those um, as losses in my game-by-game uh, -game predictions before the season started. Our wins, we beat the Bengals twice, which I think is huge because I think – the Bengals are going to be a problem in the AFC North for years to come. So to get those early wins in a young Joe Burrow career, uh, that's, that's a good thing. We beat Washington. All right, I had them beating Washington. We beat the Cowboys. That's the one that I had us actually losing. And, we, and by the way, we beat the Cowboys when Dak Prescott is, is their quarterback, not what they're going through now. The Cowboys are a much different team now. When we beat him, Dak Prescott was their quarterback. And, oh, by the way, we did it without Chubb for three quarters. So that was a great win. And then we also yeah. beat the Colts. You know, we're going to talk about playoffs here in a little while. And Colts are one of those teams that, we're, that are also vying for a playoff spot. So when you look at our losses, not good. Raiders game, in my opinion, gets away from us. The, the Steelers and the Ravens game, those are the losses that I look at. And it's very concerning because – they're blowouts, and they did whatever they wanted against us. They made our offense look not that good. Um, but what, what, what are your thoughts with our losses and wins? I mean, are there, is there, are there anything glaring that sticks out to you as, man, that's a great job, or, ooh, this is an area where we're going to need some work if we want to really um, establish a winning team in this league? Yeah, you know, if, if uh, you follow the national narrative, it's the Browns beat teams that are under 500 and they lose to teams that are over, right? Which I think is ridiculous. When we beat the Cowboys, they were a high-flying offense, right? Um, and we held our own and we outscored them. We were doing 30-plus points a game at that point on average. So um, that's a huge victory for us. Our offense needed that and they, and they delivered. Um, Colts, that was a game in which our defense showed up. They, they generated turnovers and they held them and we played, we played admirably against the number one or two ranked defense in the NFL. Um, the Bengals, same thing. Uh, the AFC North is a shark tank right now. Joe Burrow is showing why he is the top draft pick and we beat them twice. Uh, and Baker had probably the best performance of his career. So I think our wins speak for themselves. I don't think we're beating teams that are subpar at all. Um, but our losses are where we should be concerned, right? Baltimore and Pittsburgh, obviously divisional opponents, obviously ahead of us um, and, you know, have been ahead of us for quite a while now. Uh, and they're both blowouts. We weren't even competing. One of, one of the things that I'm concerned with is if you look at Baker and his composure and his consistency, uh, if I can be a critic for a minute of our quarterback, um, 
it's not on an overall standpoint. It's on a consistency standpoint. His QBR this year, I think, is in the neighborhood of uh, 73. The games we've lost, uh, 29 or so. So when he's losing, um, he loses confidence, and I don't feel he's able to execute and, and play from behind and, and just have that resilience in him. So um, that's my number one concern right now is, is can Baker play from behind? Can he, can he stand? in the pocket can go through his progressions against teams that are going to score points against us. It's simply going to happen. Um, so Baker's confidence and consistency, that's my number one concern. Um, but our defense as well, I think, you know, we're riddled by injuries and that, that may or may not slowly get a little bit better as the, the time goes on. And uh, I think this bye week again comes at a perfect time. Uh, but we, you know, we have some holes to address on defense as well that, that are simply not going to get filled this year, as we just saw with the, uh, the deadline closing. You, you bring up uh, Baker Mayfield. When, when you look at Baker Mayfield, all right, so we, we drafted him in 2018. His rookie year just lights the world on fire. He breaks the touchdown record for, for all rookies that preceded him, you know, in the past. I believe it was 29 touchdowns in his rookie year. I, I, I believe it was. Um, and, then, and then last year he, he struggled. Um, you can look at, you know, was it Freddie Kitchens? Was it Baker Mayfield? Was it sophomore slump? You know, you, you can look at a, a lot of different things. This year, Baker Mayfield, he's eight games into the Kevin Stefanski system. Do, do you feel like Baker is progressing as a quarterback in Stefanski's system? It depends on what Baker shows up. That's, that's kind of where I'm perplexed is with the Baker we've seen and the Baker that played Cincinnati in that last game with five touchdowns and almost a perfect completion record is not the Baker we saw last week. And some of that wasn't his fault. Some of that was weather and time of possession and so on and so forth. Um, but my frustration is I don't know what quarterback I'm getting week in and week out. Um, so he, yes, has he progressed? Absolutely. Does it feel like he's going through his progressions a little bit more? Yes. But the one thing I, I, I can't get through my head is why we don't use the center of that field a little bit more. Uh, and he still feels a little jumpy in that pocket, a little uncomfortable, unconfident, um, and just kind of jittery on, on his feet. So, um, has he had progress throughout his career? Absolutely. Has he had an easy road? Absolutely not. Right. I mean, he's, you know, new coaches every year, coordinators, depending on uh, your count, if you're counting uh, temporary coaches, you know, he's on number four. So I, I don't, I, I can sympathize with the man on what he's gone through and the number of offenses he's had to learn. Um, but week to week, we're seeing a much different player. So I think settling in and just learning the fundamentals again and just reestablishing footwork and being confident in the pocket, going through progressions and scanning that whole field is where he needs to focus or else we're, we're really going to have a hard time against these elite teams. Do you, do you think um, Nick Chubb, let, let's say he comes back for the Houston week after the bye week, do you think having a Nick Chubb and a Kareem Hunt on the field is going to help Baker in his progression with this team? Oh, how does it not, right? I mean, Nick Chubb's an animal. Like, I think uh, before 
before he went down and he was averaging 5.9 a carry. The, the guy's just an absolute animal and cream hunt has just absolutely stepped into those shoes and he's done a pretty admirable job filling them. Right. Um, so overall, yeah. How does that not help? You know, the, everybody knows the running game opens up the passing game and, and when you're not looking at those third and eights, third and sevens, sure. How does that not boost a man's uh, confidence? So yeah, having Nick Chubb there and, and really opening up the playbook again and, and being able to do some more creative things with Kareem in the passing game, it, it's, it's got to give him confidence. Um, but I just I would go back to where we are now and who we have on our roster now. Really, it, it's we have to learn to play with the players we have. And I just think he's really struggling to read that field, read defenses and, and opening up the, the center of that field in between the numbers and using the grass he has available to him. Um, so just looking for some fundamentals, going through the progressions and just improving that, you know, improving the, you know, how fast he can get that ball out. Um, these are things quarterbacks learn over time. So I think Baker's done done a great job, and I'm a Baker supporter. Um, I'm really rooting for the kid, and I think he's shown flashes of, of greatness, and I'm hoping he can continue that. But uh, we need to see a little bit more when he's facing stark competition because, um, again, that quarterback rating drops down to almost nothing when he's playing elite teams. So um, can't put that all on our quarterback, but some of it he should he should really carry that burden. Yeah, I mean, when, when you look at opposing defensive coordinators, right, I mean, when they're preparing for the Browns, you, you, you got to know what we're trying to do is establish the run. But as a defensive coordinator, if I'm facing Baker Mayfield in the Cleveland Browns offense, I'm thinking, all right, let me stop the run and let's put the ball in Baker's hands and see what he can do against us. So the, the Browns have a challenge, man. I mean, they, they have a challenge in that we, we want to run the ball. We know that. Opposing defenses know that. But in games where we're, we're not able to establish the run, we got to be confident in Baker that he can spread that ball out. And we can move that ball down the field through the air because that's what defenses are looking at when they go against us. Absolutely. And, th and that's kind of where my, my concern is right now is if you look at where we've struggled in, in first and second down territory, um, third downs were awful this year. I think we're 31 for 97 or somewhere roughly uh, in that ballpark. So we're not able to convert. And when they know we're going to pass, every team has been able to defend that. Um, so we just, we have to get better there and we have to be a little less predictable and, you know, we have offensive weapons, so we have to learn to use the full gambit. I think your dog agrees with us, man. Yeah. So when we start to talk Browns, my, uh, German shepherd Dardanus gets a little excited <laughs> for game day. So I apologize. About no, that. you're good, man. I like it. I like it. I, I have dogs myself, so all good. All right. So we're five and three. What do you like so far this year? What, what really, I mean, obviously five and three, right? I mean, we, we haven't been able to say that in decades. You have to like that, but what else do you like about this Cleveland Browns team and where we're going? I like the calm and composed leadership of Kevin Stefanski. That guy I think is our guy. And it, for a Browns fan to say that says a lot. We've been through more coaches than I've probably been through Cleveland Browns hoodies. So it's it's really, really 
exciting for me to have a coach I can get behind and um, his post game attitude and just uh, the speeches he gives to his players um, is calm, collected and intelligent. Um, I think players really look up to him. They really respect him, which is what we've been lacking. And if we're going to be honest, I don't, think many of our players respected a Freddie Kitchens, to be honest, right? Um, and I think our players really look up to, to Stefanski right now and, and trust in what he's building here. So as far as the long-term uh, fundamentals that you build as a coach, I believe in his message. I believe in what he's trying to build here. Um, and it's showing first year head coach with, you know, with a lot of new players, a lot of young players, and we're five and three against some decent competition. Right. And I'll keep going back to that point. We've beat teams that people had thought we had no business beating. Um, and we've lost to teams that, you know, we should have lost to, um, but we are making progress. So um, consistency, something we got to focus on, but I, I'm really liking what I'm saying about the overall uh, uh, coaching from Stefanski. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at with, with the positivity. And, and, you know, I think defensively, we have a lot to work on, but um, our offensive line building has been outstanding. Our, our offensive line last year was absolutely suspect. And, and we talked about it week in and week out and, we've we've completely changed that with uh, Andrew Barry in our first year having him kind of kind of build our team for us so our offensive line is night and day what it was a year ago that's amazing how does that you know most people can't do that in a two three year run we did that in a year I think we're ranked third for run blocking right now with our offensive line and eighth and pass blocking that's absolutely amazing. So we're giving Baker the tools he needs to succeed slowly but surely, right? And it may not be as slowly or as quick as some people want, but in one year, we transformed an offensive line. You can't transform the team in a year, but we've really addressed the main things we had to address. You know, injuries have plagued us, so on and so forth, but um, there's been some transition that, that's really given Baker some tools to, to be a successful quarterback in this league. So I'm seeing a lot of positivity, and I'm excited about what we're going to do with the next eight games. I'm, I'm with you on Kevin Stefanski. I think that is just what Baker Mayfield needed. I mean, if you look at Baker Mayfield's relationship with Freddie Kitchens, I think it was more of buddy-buddy than player and coach. And if you look at Kevin Stefanski and Baker Mayfield, it's just totally night and day, right? I mean, uh, Kevin Stefanski – in a sense, I think, as a player's coach and that players relate to him, but they also respect him because Kevin Stefanski is all about work. It's all about business. It's all about getting the job done. And I think Baker needed that, right? I mean, he needed that kind of leadership. And Baker obviously respects what Kevin Stefanski has done, and he respects the system that Kevin Stefanski is here, and he, he also respects the vision that Kevin Stefanski has for this team. So, Brian, I'm with you, man. Um, Stefanski is great for Cleveland. I'm, I, I think we're lucky to have him. I'm glad he's here, and I think that he will be the Browns coach for years to come, which, you know, let's be honest, if we're going to compete – in the AFC North with the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers, we need stability and leadership. And I think Kevin Stefanski gives that to us. Absolutely. One of my favorite things that he preaches is process. So 
I, if you listen to the Cleveland Browns daily, when we do the coaches episode, they start out with a quote that we will not skip step two to get to step three and four. So he's building and he's steadfast in what he wants to build. And we're going to put the work in to make sure we sure up these items before we move on to the next. So um, it's, it's a process. He seems to be methodical and everybody seems to be, at least everything I'm seeing, buying into his process. And, and that has to be paramount to our team because of our history of instability. So um, I'm on board. I'm, let's go. Awesome. I love that, Brian. That's good stuff. Uh, all right. So what don't you like so far uh, with the Cleveland Browns this year? Just overall inability to convert third downs. That's one of my biggest frustrations. Um, it's hard to attribute it to one thing or another, but Baker plays well weekend and then awful week out. And I just don't see consistency there. And I really can't put my thumb on it. I understand stark defenses and competition, right? They're, they're going to make stats drop a little. Um, but again, I mentioned some stats earlier where, you know, overall it's 73, but against games we've lost uh, a 29.5 quarterback rating. Um, so that's, that's kind of a fall off a cliff uh, kind of stat. So just consistency from Baker, I want to see him work on and, and just going through those progressions like I talked about earlier. And our defense has to step up. Um, but, you know, what I've, I've really liked that I've heard uh, pertaining to some of our weaknesses is Stefanski's really preached lean in on what we're great at and focus a little bit less on what we're not good at. So our defense is suspect right now. Um, you know, they're, they're really poor at getting off the field when they should. Um, fourth down conversions, so on and so forth. I think we've only stopped one fourth down conversion this year. Um, you know, our linebackers, safeties, these are things we have to work on. Uh, but our ability to generate turnovers on defense has kept us in games, and it's been great. Uh, so overall, defensively, we have some holes to fill. We're not going to address them this year. Um, we're not going to address them with the trade. So uh, Stefanski's master the John leaning in on what we're very good at, I think is intelligent right now because we are good at generating turnovers. Um, we're pretty bad in some other aspects defensively, but lean in on what we do best and you beat teams like the Colts on defense. So um, I'm liking what I'm seeing overall and what we could do better. I would say consistency, defense as a whole. Um, but I think we're building on the things that we do well. So I'll just put a little positive spin at the end of that question. Injuries. We, we've, we've been riddled with injuries. We covered that a little bit earlier. But uh, Miles Garrett, you know, uh, he'll be back after the bye week. Thank God that wasn't serious. Austin Hooper, the app. Appendix, how do you say that? Appendix. He got his appendix, appendix out. Appendix issue. <laughs> appendix issue. I can't use big words, Brian. That's just uh, what it is. Um, <laughs> a linebacker from LSU, I believe, Jacob Phillips. He's he was hurt in game one, and he's just been riddled with injuries this this year. You know, I was looking forward to seeing what he can do. Nick Chubb obviously went down in the Cowboys game. He's due to come back. Um, hopefully after the bye week, if not, maybe against the Eagles uh, after we play the Houston Texans. Nick, uh, Nick Chubb, OBJ, we lost him for the year. 
Um, Wyatt Teller, you'd mentioned our offensive line earlier. You know, he, he hurt his calf muscle. He's week to week. Hopefully he comes back soon. Greedy Williams. Greedy was a player that everybody was excited about to be the opposite side of the field as Denzel Ward. He's on IR. Um, Mac Wilson, thankfully, came back. But, he, you know, he's he's still trying to get to 100% and get his legs back under him. And then Grant Dilpit, you know, he was our uh, draft pick, you know, that, that we all thought that he was going to be great on our defense. We didn't get to see him at all. He got injured during training camp. So what, what are your thoughts about the injuries, man? I mean, I know every team goes through them. No team is 100% right now. But it just seems like the Browns, we have key players that – just haven't been able to stay healthy this year. Yeah, far be it for me to play medical doctor, right? But it does seem across the board, teams are struggling with this. And hey, yeah, this is a weird year, right? It's the COVID-19 year of, of the NFL. So it just seems, you know, the, the lack of preseason, potentially the lack of actual in-person uh, uh, training camps and all the physical things that get you loose and limber. It seems like we missed those and we're paying the price now. That's just a total guess from a guy that watches football on a couch while he drinks a beer, right? So I have no idea. But it just seems like that that lack of physical preparation we're paying the price for across the league, you know, not just the Browns. You know, the Browns are riddled a little harder because – I, other than we're the Browns and, and just notoriously cursed for whatever reason, that's just, you know, that's the, the price we pay to have the coolest helmets in the NFL. Uh, but, it, you know, I it just, if I had to attribute to anything, it's just that lack of physical preparation in the league. And um, other than that, your guess is as good as mine there. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, you're looking at these big names. I mean, a lot of them are on the defensive side of the ball, which we agree that's where we're struggling right now. So, um, you know, it looks like Andrew Barry and company are, are, are looking to get through this year. Obviously, playoffs is the goal. Uh, they didn't make any trade uh, trades for the trade deadline. You know, we, as a country, we were watching the election closely. You know, yesterday was voting day for our next president. But we also had the trade deadline that was yesterday. And I don't know about you, but on Twitter, I was trying to sift through all the political tweets to get to the, the trade tweets because I, I, I seriously thought we were going to make a move or two. That didn't come to flourishing. Um, why do you think that we didn't make any moves yet uh, for the deadline? Yeah, it's tough to say right now. I thought we'd make a move or two as well. And, and you really didn't see anything around the league as far as uh, uh, big trades going on. And, and who knows why? I mean, everybody's dealing with some financial issues and loss of revenue across the league as far as uh, ticket sales and so on and so forth. So I would, if I were a betting man, there's a little apprehension to spend some money right now. Uh, and a lot of people aren't willing to take on bigger name contracts right now. Uh, so if, if, you know, if I had to make my guess, it's a financial move or the uncertainty of the future. And that's where we are as a country right now, unfortunately. Um, but it, it's just tough to, to understand the financial outlook of the NFL, whether we'll have uh, a full in-person season next year and revenues come become a little bit more normal. Uh, and that's just the, the business side of my brain working a little bit. Uh, but I think we're quiet because we just we don't know what the future is. And I think we're going to roll with what we've got because we're a potential playoff team right now, as is. And if some of our injuries heal up a little bit, 
Um, that's a, it's an absolute possibility. So it's, it's pretty uh, exciting to have a team that as we stand, we can make the postseason without making a splash. So if I'm an owner, I think that's a pretty good place to be. And I'll ride out the uncertainty in the next season with a playoff team. That's where I think we're at as well. You know, a- Andrew Barry is smart. Y- you bring up a good point. We don't know where the cap is going to be next year. Uh, they're, they're, you know, everybody's saying that the, the cap is going to be lower next year. So th- you have data that you just, uh, you know, when you, when you look at the, to making a trade, that's one of the things that you look at is where, where are we at with the cap? How, but we don't know. So you can't confidently make a trade not knowing what the cap is going to be next year. And I'm with you, man. I, I think that Andrew Barry made the decision. He's just saying, look, we're going to take the guys we got because we are a playoff team. I believe that we are. We're going to talk about that in excuse me, just one minute. But we're a playoff team. There was no silver bullet, like awesome move that we could have taken that would just – shore up our defense there's not one move that we could have made that would do that you know I don't think they wanted to overpay for a rental you know uh that term has been floating around you know when you make a trade it it might not be a long-term solution and I just don't think that there is a player that was gonna just turn our defense completely around yeah, no doubt. And we're, we're a team right now that we understand we're building for a long-term strategy. Uh, so a one-year rental that, that comes with a big price tag probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense for us right now. So again, I think we ride out with, with the boys we have and we get some some folks back that are uh, healthier going forward. And we still are looking at the playoff team and then coming in next year's draft, uh, we really address some of those holes we have. And it's just, it's logical long-term sense uh, if, if if you look at the draft as opposed to free agency right now. Yeah. I mean, as a fan, right. I mean, if we uh, just look at it from a fan's perspective, you want to see the big trades, right. But that might not be part of their plan. Um, Andrew Barry said he was going to be aggressive and he was, you'd mentioned our offensive line earlier. He see, he, uh, you know, turned that around this year. We have a way better offensive line than we did last year. And he did that through the free agency and the draft. And I think that's what Andrew Barry wants to do. He wants to build this team for long-term. We, we don't want to be a one hit wonder. You see teams sometimes they're, they're good and they make the playoffs and then they drop off the face of the earth. That's not what Andrew Barry wants to build here, right? He wants to build a team that's going to be for the long-term. So I think what their plan is, they do want to build this team through the draft and through free agency, if it makes sense. But when you look at the draft this year, we have nine picks. And the cool thing about drafting players, and I know it's hit or miss, and you know, you're going to hit on some draft picks and you're going to miss on others, but the cool thing about building uh, a team through the draft is they're going to be re- relatively cheap, right? So if you can hit on a Jedrick Wills or you know Grant Delpit, I know he got injured, but I, I really do believe that he's going to be on our team for a long time. I do. I believe that. Um, I think that's what the Browns are looking to do. So we have nine picks. We have plenty of arsenal heading into this draft and obviously this coming off season when you look at you know the browns and their needs it's going to be through their defense so 
I, I, I would remind myself as a fan and remind other fans to just be patient. This is going to be a process. You can't turn a culture around in one year or two years. It's going to take two or three years, maybe five, to turn a, a team completely around. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we all have to remind ourselves of that. It, it, we've all want the uh, the instant Super Bowl team and the gratification of so many years spent suffering. But at the end of the day, uh, look at what we've done, right? We're, we're a five-win team halfway through the season. Again, we went a three-year stretch with four total wins. So <laughs> it's turning around. It's turning around quick. This is not like turning the Titanic, right? So we're, we're turning a, a Volkswagen right now. And it's turning pretty darn quick and we've made some pretty aggressive moves and we've turned around some key parts of our organization in, in one year's time so it's exciting we have a lot to look forward to and we have a potential playoff with a first year head coach right depending how the second half of our season goes so there's no reason not to be optimistic and look forward to addressing some of these holes we have in, in the draft right the draft builds sustainability it builds your long-term core of your of your young playerhood so I think we have so much to be optimistic about and as Browns fans I know none of us are patient because we've been patient for so long uh, but look at the progress we've done and if that's an exponential growth factor then watch out next year you, you know the nice thing is uh brian moving into this offseason we know exactly where we need to focus on and that's the defensive side of the ball so that's the good news you know a lot of times the you know as a browns organization we move into the offseason and we have glaring holes in the offense and the defensive side of the ball and it's anyone's guess what we address in the draft or free agency. But this year, I think it's very obvious um, where, where we're going to focus on. So, you know, I, I would just say this again. Let's just be patient and, and let Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski do their thing for, for next year. All right, so playoffs. Let's, let's get into this, um, and then we're going to wrap things up. You might have said earlier, you, you believe this is a playoff team, right? I do. I, I think we're in great position to, you know, based on our second half schedule being fairly manageable. I think we're a playoff team this year. All right. I, I agree with you. Let, let's go off that. We, we both agree. We, we are a playoff team. So how, how do you, how do we get there? You'd mentioned, uh, we had mentioned we're five and three right now. We're at the halfway point of the season both you and I in our preseason project projections had us at four and four. So we're even ahead of where we thought that probably most Browns fans thought we'd be this time of year. I mean, you know, at the beginning of the year, if you said, Hey, the Browns are going to be five and three moving into their bye week you know, and you didn't know where those three losses were, you would sign up for that any day of the week. No problem. I'm signed that I'm on that train. So that's where we're at, man. We're five and three. Uh, let's look at the, the current playoff teams right now as it sits at this point. So you have the Steelers at the number one spot, 7-0. Chiefs 7-1 at number two spot. Number three is Bills at 6-2. Titans 5-2 at number four. Number five, Ravens at 5-2. Num- uh, at six, Colts 5-2. And, and we – Currently, right now, we're in the seventh spot. You know, we know the NFL expanded the playoffs to seven spots per conference. We're at number seven. And in the hunt, 
are the Raiders at four and three, Dolphins four and three, Broncos three and four, Bengals five, two and one. And we will mention the Chargers at two and five and the Patriots also at two and five, which, you know, is a surprise. I really thought that they would be more of a contender and they may. I mean, you know, five, two and five. I mean, the Patriots can turn it around, certainly. But right now, that's where they're at. So, um, you know, we're in the seventh spot right now. I mean, if the season ended right now, you, you know, we would be in the playoffs. So you, you have to like the position that we're at. Um, heading into the second half of the season. Yeah, you have to love the position we're at, uh, and you also has to have to love who we play next. So the second half of the season is is totally manageable. The game you want back is that Raiders game. That's the one that made me a little nervous. Uh, I think uh, Zagura said it on Cleveland Browns Daily. You beat the Raiders, you almost roll out the red carpet to the playoffs. And I thought that wholeheartedly. You go into the bye at six and two, defeating a team that's going to be hunting for that spot. I think you're in a pretty good spot to, to get there at the end of the season. Um, but going into the bye week, I, I feel pretty good overall. Uh, I think you have to really, for me personally, focus on that Titans game. Honestly, uh, that season opener uh, happened to be there, and it was the first game I ever took my girlfriend to, and uh, absolutely embarrassed in the season opener, showing her the team I love and cheer for. So, uh, as a, on a personal note, I really need that Titans game to, to go our way, uh, a little redemption on my side, but. Uh, manageable schedule, right? We end the season against Pittsburgh, um, you know, based on where we are and where they are right now, they could be resting, right? That could be a big deal for us, our last game of the year. Um, so if they're resting starters and they're preparing for their playoff run, we could snag a la uh, an easy last win against a team that would normally probably we'd lose against uh, and secure our spot. So um, I like where we're sitting right now. Uh, you know, I, I think if I look at the rest of the schedule, I don't think it, I think it's very likely, you know, we're a we're a 10 and 16, possibly 11 and six. So. Um, if that doesn't get you in the playoffs, which I think there's been one time in recent memory, 10 and 6 didn't get us there, um, it, it's hard to know what will. But I, th I like our odds right now. 2007, we were 10 and 6 and missed the playoffs. Uh, it was unbelievable there. But let's, let's look at the remaining schedule. This, uh, after the bye week, we face the Texans. They are 1 and 6. Um, they, they just made a coaching change. They, they fired their coach, and Romeo Crunel is now the interim coach of the Houston Texans. That sounds so that, familiar. It, it, that's because it should be familiar. <laughs> <laughs> Romeo was our coach uh, back in the day, and he is coming to Cleveland, back to Cleveland. So that's, that's our first test. Texans 1-6. and six. What do you think about that game? Uh, it should be an easy walkaway game for us. It should be a good confidence builder. Uh, I'm really hoping to have Chubb, Chubb back after that game. I'd love to have Teller back to sure up that line for that game as well. And I think it's a good confidence booster for us after the bye, uh, coming back a little healthy, a little more prepared with a good game plan against a team that we should absolutely beat. I'm with you on that. I think we get the W there. I mean, the, the Texans are one and six, right? I mean, they can't be too confident. Um, you know, they, they lost their key receiver this past off season to the Cardinals. Um, <laughs> that's all you have to do is lean on them a little bit. And I think we lean on them heavily in our run game, um, is how we get the victory there. So I'm with you with a, a, a W there. 
Now, we have – here's the cool thing. We, we start the second half of the season two home games in a row. So Texans are at home in Cleveland. We're both predicting the win there. Uh, next, the Eagles come to town. They are 3-4-1. and one. The Eagles are – at the beginning of the year, you know, the first three games of the season, you thought, oh, man, this is a trash team. But they've been competitive the last uh, couple, three or four games. The Eagles are – they're they're a decent three and four and one team, right? I mean, they 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 tied the Bengals, I think it was. They held close. They were close against the Steelers. They they came down to the really close on that, and also the Ravens. Two of our losses, the Eagles were competitive in. So, what do you see with that game? Yeah, that I see is our trap game. We have to be very careful of, and exactly what you just said is my my concern. They really held their own against two of our blowout losses, so that makes me a little bit nervous. So it's uh, I think their record's a little bit deceiving going into that game. I think we have to be very careful, and and that's I think that's going to be be a tough game for us overall offensively. I think we have to be uh, a very high flying, high scoring offense to keep up. Honestly. I I actually have this as a loss for us. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't want to be a, a Debbie Downer here, but I do have that as a loss. I think the Eagles, you know, Car- Carson Wentz is um, you know playing a lot better. He's he's making receivers that we never heard about good. Their running game is uh, I think they're pretty decent, but um, I I think this could be like a, a Raiders game where it's a trap game. We think we're we're going to be flying high. I think we're going to beat the Texans and we're going to be flying high going into that game. And could we win that game? Yeah. You know, anything's possible, but I do have us losing that game. Um, All right. So did you have us losing that game as well? Or do you think we'll pull that out? I think that's a tough game for us. I do have it on my list as a, as a win and it's just squeaking by, uh, but I do have that as a win. And that's kind of my difference between 10 and six and 11 and five. All right, so you have us as a win there. Next, next, the next week after that, it gets better, Browns fans. It gets better. Uh, we're we're at the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are one and six. They're they're not that good. Um, I, I think the 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 Browns will have a bounce back game and get the W in Jacksonville. Um, I don't even think it's going to be close. I think we're going to roll over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I certainly hope so. That's a, that's again another confidence booster game, and there's been too much comparison of their quarterback and ours lately on uh, ESPN for my liking. So let's go out and make a statement and really uh, put the boot to the throat on that one. All right, so there's another W for the Brownies. Um, all right, ne- the, the next week we were at Tennessee. Last year we opened up with Tennessee. It was a horrible loss. We, <laughs> but the Brown, you know, I I was one of those guys, man. I thought, man, we are gonna just tear it up this year. Super Bowl, let's go. But we opened up with Tennessee, and they just steamrolled steamrolled over us. Their their quarterback, um, you know, Ryan Tannehill is doing fantastic. They have a great running game. They have a decent defense. I, I don't see us getting the victory in Tennessee. What are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, again, it's a really high-scoring offense, and I have a personal hatred for this team right now just because I had told my girlfriend six months prior how good the Browns are going to be this year, and I took her to that game. So I got I got some blood in this one. Um, I think, it, it, again, we, uh, we really have to shore up some things defensively to hold our own, and our offense has to have one of the best games uh, uh, that they've had, particularly Baker. Um, if you look at the points average per game that the Titans are doing right now, it's pretty, I think they're in the, the high 20s. So uh, we're really going to have to bring our A game. Uh, final prediction, I'm going to have to say, I don't know, maybe 30-27 Brownies. We have to be optimistic on that one. You know, it's it's a big game. It's a huge game. I mean, the, the Titans are one of those teams that are fighting for a playoff spot. That that's going to be a big game. Um, the, 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 yeah, the Browns are going to roll into that. Who knows where the? I haven't looked at the Colts schedule, right? But they're they're second in the AFC South. Um, well, they're tied with the Tennessee Titans. So who knows? I mean, the Tennessee Titans could be a wild card team at that point. I mean, that's later in the season. Ah, oh, man, that's that's going to be a great game. It'll probably be prime time. Um, you know, on t- you know, at that point they start flexing games. You know, if the Browns win two of their next three, you know, and the Titans are are still winning, I mean, that could be a game. You know, you might see in a, a prime time spot. Ah, uh, yeah, that's gonna be good, man. <laughs> that's gonna be a good. Game. I can't wait. Lord I can't wait either. Uh, hey, I know we're on a bye week, but I, I'm I'm already wanting to see the Cleveland Browns start playing football again, man. Oh man, I never get enough, and who knows why? I've been doing this my whole life, but I just I love it. I live for it. it yeah, I live for the next Sunday. So let's go Titans! Bring it on! All right. So here's where. Okay, so we play the Ravens the next week at home. This is where I get a little bold in my predictions. I have us winning our last four games. I do. I I think that we're at a spot where. If we're going to be competitive in the AFC North, and we've shown signs of that. I know we haven't the, the first two games with the Steelers and Ravens, but I think we're at the point in our progression of being competitive in the AFC North where we start splitting with the Ravens and the Steelers. So this game against the Ravens, I do have us getting the W there. Um, I think we're going to learn a lot. I think you know Lamar Jackson, he hasn't been as good as he has been in, in, in the – Past couple of years, he's been in the league. I think defenses are starting to figure out. Look, Joe Woods has his work cut out for him. You mentioned his name earlier. He has his work cut out for us that game. The defense is going to have to show up. Chubb is going to be back um, at that point. He's going to have a couple games under his belt, so our run, run game is going to be there. I do have the Browns winning against the Baltimore Ravens at home um, in that game. Yeah, it kills me to say, but we're uh, here's where we're going to start to differ for sure. I, I, I do not think we beat the Ravens this year. Uh, I don't think we're there as a team. I, we're definitely not there as a defense. Uh, definitely Lamar slowed down. I think he's starting to get figured out by coordinators right now. Uh, but I do think they're a better team overall, and I don't think we take them this year. I think next year, potentially, you know, we sure up some things on defense. We can slow them down a little bit more. Uh, I just I don't see us beating the Ravens this year, unfortunately. 
I, I told you it was bold. It, it was a bold prediction, but I, I do have us <laughs> beating the Ravens uh, that week. All right, let, let's group these next two together, Giants and Jets. They're both in New York. Same stadium, different teams. We're at the Giants, at the Jets. Giants are 1-7. and seven. Jets are 0-8. I mean, I think they're just tanking this year. They're a horrible team. Um, I have us winning both those games uh, against the Giants and the Jets. I, I was hoping OBJ was going to be playing that game because, uh, you know, he would love to go against his old team, but that's not going to happen. What do, you, what do you see against the Giants and the Jets? Win-win, Browns by 100 each game. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I mentioned that uh, four f- finish the season four wins straight. I think that's going to be awesome. It's, it's a great way to go into the playoffs. It's a great way to finish the, the year out and move into next year. So, obviously, I have us beating the Steelers week 17. You had mentioned – this is a game where possibly the Steelers could be resting their starters. So that could mean that Miles Garrett and the Cleveland Browns are going against Mason Rudolph and the Pittsburgh Steelers. What are your thoughts? Oh, my God. I'm so scared of that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's possible, right? It could happen. I, it could happen. I, I, it's, <laughs> uh, I think nothing in me would love anything else in 2020, the year from hell, more than that happening. That would be my dream come true, end of year, New Year's finale. Uh, you know, it's going to come down to are they volleying for home field advantage? Where are they, right? Are they resting? Are they not? If they're playing and they have something to play for, that's another Browns loss. I, I just don't think we beat the Steelers at all this year, full strength. Um, yeah, I'd love to say differently. It's just it's a it's probably the most well-rounded team in the NFL right now on every side of the ball, special teams included. So um, I don't think we take the Steelers when they're at full strength. If they're not playing at full strength, I would love a, an absolute recap of last year with Miles playing. Uh, but you know, if if they're playing at full strength, that's that's a loss for the Browns. I see it. So uh, that's kind of you know that's that's where my flex game stands between that eleven and ten win territory. So. Uh, Uh, that one you know tbd based on where the steelers are at the end of the year yeah so we we both have them finishing 10 and 6 11 and 5 somewhere in that range i mean obviously with the predictions i just gave you know i have the browns finishing 11 and 5 but 10 and 6 would get us in the dance and do do you judge okay so do you judge this season as a success failure based on if we make the playoffs or not not at all I think that was the stated goal, and that's an amazing goal to state. If we are a nine-win team and just miss the playoffs, just take a look at where we were versus where we are. What incredible success that would be to be a nine-win football team in such a short time. So, um, no, that's absolute progress in my eyes. And, again, we're Browns fans. We're not patient. We've been patient too long, and it's it's frustrating but to go from where we were a year ago and where we are now no that's not a loss that's that's huge progress to to get that playoff spot what a success that would be even a one and done I'm fine with that I have no problem with that that's that just shows me steadfast determination to being a valid football team in this league so um, in either case right now at least based on our trajectory I'm excited about where we are I'm excited about where we're going I'm excited about where we're at and where we're going as well. To, to me, the, the success and failure of this team is not making the playoffs or, or, or missing the playoffs. To me, it's 
knowing at the end of the season what we have and what we can expect. For me, I, I would love to, to be able to answer the question, you know, with Baker Mayfield. Can, can, if he finishes this year strong, then, okay, we know we got our guy. But if he, you know, has a good game, bad game, you know, another good game in a row, two bad games in a row, very inconsistent to me, that would be not a success this year. You know, I want to move into this offseason knowing – and, look, I'm a Baker guy. Uh, you know, if you've listened to my previous podcasts or seen my tweets, you will know that I'm a Baker guy. But I want to move into this offseason knowing 100% that B- Baker progressed throughout the year, he finished the year off strong, and he's the guy moving forward to 2021. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I'm looking for as well, right? I think we've we've really given him the time to progress, unfortunately, not the stability to progress. So um, I'm really hoping we can give him that. And, and really, uh, all I'm looking for Baker this year is to show me a little bit more consistency and show me he can be that guy long term. Uh, and he can play against the best teams in the league, because uh, I think when his potential is reached and when he's playing as his best, He's a great quarterback and he's a franchise quarterback. So again, week in and week out, show me some consistency and uh, I'll ride with him till the end. You you know, and Brian, the cool thing about it is if if Baker is consistent through the, this last, the second half of the season, we're going to be a playoff team, right? So it's going to be a win-win Baker's consistent. Baker's the guy the Browns are in the playoffs. We're feeling good. Hey, and if you if you make it in the playoffs, I've heard one and done. I think I've said it myself, but you never know what could happen in the playoffs once you get in. You know, I just want to get in there, man. I mean, it's been 18 years since we've been in the playoffs. I'm ready. I'm ready to see what January football looks like, um, you know, be, the, the Cleveland Browns being out there on the field in January. Yeah, I can't wait myself. It's it's one of those things that we've been building towards for so long. And, you know, we've had a lot of ups and downs and disappointments. But I'm really feeling good about just the sustainability we're building, the culture we're building, the winning mentality we're building. And I'm ready for that January football feeling as well. I am too. Well, well, Brian, this has been fun, man. Um, I think it's good to, as you're climbing the mountain, you know, as you're, you're, you know, trying to reach the goal – uh, I think it's good to just stop and take a look at where you're at, um, where you've been, where you're going. And that's kind of what a bye week's for, in my opinion, is to kind of just sit back and just kind of, you know, evaluate your team and, and see where you're strong and where you need help with. So I think we've done a good job of breaking things down. It's been a lot of fun. Um, any final thoughts before we end the show? No, just uh, appreciate you having me on. Honestly, it's been a it's been a blast talking Browns football with you, and uh, I think we're both upbeat and optimistic about where we're going. So it's just great to have that optimism back in Cleveland, and you know we're on that upward trajectory. So uh, you know, let's just let's keep it moving going forward, and let's see what we can do in that off season. Let's do it. Well, Brian, I want to give you an opportunity to uh, to to give a plug. You know, I. I know before we were talking before the podcast, you actually do a podcast yourself that you just started not too long ago. So where can the listeners find you? Where can they listen to you at? 
Yeah, and uh, I'm just a guest on uh, the Cleveland uh, the Cleveland Sports Collective. Excuse me, and any anywhere you find your podcast, Spotify, wherever you listen, you can find us. Um, it's everything Cleveland sports. Uh, it's not just a Browns podcast. It's people from all over the world that love the city of Cleveland and love all the sports uh, that they provide. So uh, anything Cleveland related, you'll find it there. So check them out, and you can find me on Twitter at liverdamage underscore c l e l I-V-R-D-A-M-A-G-E underscore C-L-E. Let's go. Let's go. Well, Brian, thanks so much for coming on the show, and I look forward to talking to you again very soon, my friend. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Well, go Browns. Go Browns.